As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Yo, yo. Welcome to another post-game edition of the Forum Club. I'm your host, Jovan Buha, Lakers beat writer for The Athletic. And on Thursday night, the Lakers lost 110-104 to the Miami Heat in something like a finals rematch. Uh, This was their second matchup of the season. Uh, But, you know, Miami was finally whole after missing some guys in that last game. But the Lakers were definitely far from whole. Uh, They were shorthanded, as has been the trend for weeks and and months now. Uh, Of course, missing Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But having a, a couple late scratches... Uh, in this game and having a guy actually go down in the game. Uh, So you had Taylor Horton Tucker, who was suspended uh, this morning for his role in the uh, Dennis Schroeder and uh, OG Ananobi altercation. And if you're asking what role did THT play because he was not actually in the scuffle, uh, well, he was at the scorer's table and stepped onto the court with, you know, half a foot, and because of that, was suspended by the NBA. You know that that is the rule that if you step onto the court and you are not in the game, you get an automatic one-game suspension. You know that was something that was instituted after the malice at the palace. You know the, the infamous brawl between the Pacers and the Pistons in Detroit, and then you know most notably, uh, you know cost a, a team arguably a championship in 2007 uh, during that Suns uh, Spurs series where. Robert Ory uh, hip checked uh, Steve Nash into the scores table, and you know multiple sons, including Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw, stepped onto the floor and were suspended. So um, you know th- this is uh, it was an unfortunate you know reality of of just uh, you know uh, Frank said it before the game, like you know Talon, while it, you know they don't love the rule, they, they don't necessarily agree with the rule. It still is the rule. It's just an automatic you know non negotiable suspension. So, you know, the Lakers are shorthanded without him. Uh, Kyle Kuzma uh, with a, a right calf strain uh, was a late scratch as well. Uh, he aggravated or I guess injured that, um, you know, uh, injured his calf in the previous game against the Raptors, had to come out uh, for a little bit in that game. Uh, that was an injury that was not on our radar, but uh, Frank Vogel said it is a grade one calf strain, which means Kuz could miss. You know, seven to 10 days based on the average grade one 
uh, calf strain. And then you had Alex Crusoe, who had knee soreness in the game and ended up, uh, you know, missing most of the first half before coming back and playing more in the second half. So this was a, a another very shorthanded effort from the Lakers. Um, you know, THT and Kuz had been, you know, two of their, what, top three or four scores without LeBron and AD, right? Like those two and, and Dennis and Trez and not having those two, I, I think really hurt them offensively. But this was, this was an interesting game. I asked Frank Vogel a few days ago what he's learned in these games without LeBron and AD. And, and he said uh, the, the fight and the resolve of this group and just their competitiveness, their, you know, inability to give up, um, you know, just their, just, you know, the way that this group is wired. And I think this game, as much as any during the stretch, really exemplified that because there were multiple part, uh, m- multiple points rather where Miami, I felt, uh, was, you know, gaining some momentum, uh, extending their lead to, you know, that eight to 12 point range. And it never really got higher than that. You know, the Lakers always hung around kind of in that eight to 12 point zone um, and, and single digits. And, you know, they, they, they got the lead a couple of times, you know, they had the lead going into halftime. Uh, they, they almost got the lead back at the end of the third. And, you know, the, the fourth, he gained some separation again and uh, were pretty much in control for, for most of the quarter. But I do think that the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for, again, being so shorthanded, you know, only playing nine guys and having two of those guys basically playing their first games, right? Like Andre Drummond has played 40 minutes as a Laker or, or th- maybe 39. Uh, he played 27 in this game. I forgot if he played 12 or 13 against the Bucks, but uh, I think it was 13, but he's played 39 or 40 minutes as a Laker. You know, uh, Ben McElmore, who, who made his debut, played 17 minutes. So I think, you know, for, for the Lakers to have basically, and, and then Alfonso McKinney played 12 minutes. So really, you know, another guy who ideally you don't want, you know, not really a rotation player and a guy who should be playing against a full strength Miami Heat team. So, you know, when you actually look at it, it, it was the starting group, um, you know, of, uh, you know, Drummond, Keith, uh, Dennis, Wes, and, and KCP, and and Trez, and, and Alex. But like, I don't know. It's just I, I don't like. I don't see Alfonso, you know, playing in the playoffs, right? Like, he, he's probably the 14th guy on, uh, you know, on the roster. Ben, I think, is actually probably the 13th guy on the roster. Um, you know, maybe he's battling Mark for for 12th or, or 13th. Uh, and speaking of Mark, Mark didn't play. We did not see any of the Mark Trez. Uh, you know, minutes that Frank had talked about. So it does look like based on the Milwaukee game and this game that, you know, Marcus Gasol is out of the rotation for the time being. Uh, you know, Andre Drummond is the starting center. Montrose Harrell is the backup center. Uh, the, the minute split tonight was 27 minutes for Andre Drummond, 21 for Trez. I think that makes sense. I think, you know, Drummond is a, he's a better passer. He's a better rebounder and he's a better defender than Trez. And I think, you know, though Trez is, a better roller and finisher and, and probably a better scorer overall. Um, I think the things that Drummond is better at are, are more valuable. And, and I think that they have similar strength. I mean, similar weaknesses rather where you, you don't, you don't love either of them at the free throw line. Andre actually outshot Trez at the free throw line. Andre was uh, five of six. Trez was four or six. Um, you know, neither one provides much spacing or stretch. Uh, but I think Andre has shown in, his 39, 40 minutes that he can pass the ball and he's been effective at that. Yeah. He had a steal into a fast break with KCP where he fed KCP almost like a mini alley-oop. 
Um, he had a, a nice pass out of the post um, uh, to uh, Alex Caruso for a cut. Uh, he also had a, a nice uh, pass out of the post where he was kind of losing his balance and, and kicked it to Wes on the weak side who drilled a three. So I think Andre has shown, um, you know, his post game is okay. Uh, like you don't really want him isolating and trying to take someone off the dribble, even if it's just two or three dribbles. Like you want him making quick, decisive moves. You really don't want him putting the ball on the floor. You know, ideally Andre Drummond is catching lobs catching the ball in rolls, um, you know, sealing off uh, cuts and, and back screens, like sealing a guy at the rim. He, he had some nice seals in this game, you know, catching the ball, overpowering them, drawing a foul. Like th- those are the ways you want Andre Drummond used offensively. Of course, also grabbing offensive rebounds. He had four offensive rebounds, 12 rebounds overall. So now he's up to 13 rebounds in his, uh, you know, 40 minutes, which uh, brings him more to, you know, closer to his career average. Uh, in terms of like minutes uh, or rebounds per minute or you know, rebounds for 36 minutes, or whatever. So I, th- I thought a solid game overall for Andre. Uh, again, three turnovers weren't great. And um, he continues to have some questionable moves uh, when he catches the ball and tries to do too much in the post. But aside from that, I, I think, you know, defensively, he's, I think, solid, like, you know, decent. Um, he-, he is late sometimes in rotations, uh, doesn't always read the, the offensive player, you know, kind of what they're doing. And um, I think, you know, he's going to get better in the Lakers system. But I do think that, you know, overall, he, he's he been solid in, in the 40 minutes we've seen from him, you know, and, and especially factoring in that those second and third stints in the Milwaukee game were when he was hampered, didn't have his toenail. And, and that was, you know, an injury that kept him out for multiple games, right? Um, and it was clearly very painful. I, I think... He, he's played solid. But the big shocker in this game was KCP, a season-high 28 points, hit six threes. Maybe it's something with the Miami Heat, but KCP looked like his old self, looked like the, the KCP we saw in the bubble. And, uh, you know, the KCP we have seen at times this season, but have not seen consistently. So, you know, maybe this is – I think he's been playing better overall recently, been shooting the ball better. And, and you know, this is, I, I think, though the KCP that we all want to see – you know, Laker fans want to see. And I think if the Lakers, if this is one of the things that come out, that comes out of this stretch of, of not having LeBron in AD is KCP regaining his form and just having more confidence offensively. I think that's great. Uh, really weird stat line tonight was, was Dennis who had 10 points and 14 assists, which on the surface is a really good game, right? Like, you know, 10 points is a little low for him, but you love the 14 assists. That was a season high. But he also had seven turnovers, which is just, you know, you could have 20 assists. Seven turnovers is just too many, no matter how many assists you have, no matter how many points you have. Seven turnovers is inexcusable, way too many turnovers. And he shot just two for 12 from from the floor. So actually bulked up his his stat line with the six free throws and also had a layup late to get him to double digits. So really weird night from Dennis. Um, Personally, I, I didn't think he had that good of a game. Like I, I did think the playmaking was really good. And uh, I guess technically from like a usage per, you know standpoint, if you're looking at the combined 12 field goals, 14 assists, uh, seven turnovers, I, I don't have NBA.com pulled up right now, but I'm sure this is one of his highest usage games of the season, if not his highest, uh, just based on some of those metrics there, you know, just kind of combining them together. But I, I didn't think this was a, you know, I, I thought that Miami had a really good game plan in terms of 
swarming Dennis and, 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 you know, scouted him well, where it's clear, you know, Dennis wants to drive to the rim. Like that is his thing. And, and every time he drove, you know, they were trapping him, they were blitzing him. Uh, they were sending multiple guys to, to the paint and helping off the Lakers shooters. And uh, I, I thought this was one of the better defensive game plans we've seen from an opponent during the stretch. And the, the heat were really well prepared for the way the Lakers run their offense. And, you know, the, the, the way that, um, you know, they, they like to attack you, especially with Dennis in the pick and roll. And, and he's a guy who likes to, to run the pick and roll a little bit lower, right? Like he likes to run it around the, the free throw line, the elbows, sometimes, you know, uh, you know inside the three-point line, right? Like he, he likes to run it closer to the rim. So he has that just quick, you know, burst to the, the basket and, and, you know, only has to take a couple steps. And he's just so quick that you can't keep up with him once he has, you know, his, his head down and full, you know, steam ahead. Like, He's getting to the rim more often than not. And we didn't really see that tonight. Um, and, you know, he, he was 2 of 12, uh, like I said, but also, you know, 0 for 4 for, from 3. So that means he was, you know, 2 for 8 inside the arc. And, and that's just not good enough. So um, I think that Dennis has had a, a very weird stretch. You know, his defense continues to be solid. Uh, I think, you know, he continues to be a plus defender. So, and again, I thought the 14 assists were really good. So I think he continues to be a plus overall, but I, you know, I think the seven turnovers and the two for 12 shooting, he was forcing things a lot. And it was a lot of driving and, and trying to throw passes that weren't there, um, driving and kicking to guys who weren't there. That, that was one of his last turnovers. And just, you know, I thought some of his sloppy play ultimately cost the Lakers who overall had 22 turnovers, which means he accounted for basically a third of them. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Overall, this was a pretty weird game. I mean, Jimmy Butler torched the, the Lakers. Um you know, with, with 28 points and, uh, you know, I mean, 28, seven, five, three steals and only on eight of 11 uh, shots. Like he, he took 12 free throws. It was 11 to 12 at the free throw line. And that, that was another thing with this game that Miami was uh, 32 of 40 at the free throw line. Uh, and they had 18 free throws in the first quarter. Uh, just, you know, I, I thought the first and third quarters really cost the Lakers where the first quarter it was fouling too much, setting Miami to the free throw line 18 times. And then in the third quarter, it was the turnovers where I, I want to say they had something like seven turnovers uh, in that might have been that between seven and nine turnovers in that third quarter. And that really cost them. So I thought those two quarters in particular were um, you know, the, the, the difference in this game. And, you know, but I think the Lakers deserve a lot of credit for hanging with a, a tough Miami team, a team that to me is right now probably the fourth best team in the East. But, you know, right there, I, I think with the at full strength right there with like a Phoenix or a Denver um, or maybe even a Utah in, in terms of just like looking at the the grand scope of the league. So this is a really good team. Uh, you know, this is a team that made the finals that the Lakers saw in the finals. So um, I think for the Lakers to have hung with them into, you know, the final minutes of the fourth. Uh, with how many guys they were missing and, and with missing Alec, you know, missing four key rotation guys, including their two best players, but also missing Alex for a stretch of this game in the first half. 
the fact that they were even able to have a first half lead without Alex, like I just think, you know, KCP deserves credit. West deserves credit. Uh, you know, Andre, Dennis, Trez, like, the, you know, Keith, like this, this was a group effort. And um, I think, you know, Lakers aren't going to have many moral victories this season because this is a team that is just championship robust. That, that's all that matters. But I think this is as close to a moral victory as they might have this year because, um, you know, some of these games that they played against better teams, like, you know, we saw the Clippers, we saw the Bucks, like they've been blown out in those games and haven't really had a chance. This was a game on the road in Miami and, and you know, a, a game that I, I felt they had a shot to win until really the last couple minutes. So for me, like this was a, a bit of a silver lining game, a bit of a moral victory. Uh, again, you know, the Lakers don't play for moral victories. Um, but I, I do think that there was some encouraging things from this game and really just the, the, the spirit and effort and, and ability to push this into the fourth quarter, I, I think just speaks, uh, you know, volumes of, of this, this team and this group right now. But let's get into the open forum part of the show. Uh, let's get into the Q&A. So I'm pulling up the questions right now. Let's see here. This is from at General Addicts. Drummond looked pretty solid. How can he improve from here? I, I did touch on this earlier in the pod, but I'll, I'll touch on this quickly right now. I do think for Drummond, it's really just minimizing the post-up, I guess, like post-up indecision. I think for him, it's got to be, again, quick, decisive moves. I think the Lakers should be using him as a post-up vehicle for cutters and shooters. And, you know, especially against smaller teams, like trying to get those double teams, draw that attention and, and find the, the openings on the defense because Andre can can make those plays. And I asked Frank Vogel after the game, kind of the difference between having Andre versus having Marcus Soule, who's more of a high post above the arc passer. And Frank said that before the game, they actually talked about it with Andre of, you know, this is how we want you to attack the Heat defense. This is how they play. They, they love to swarm. Like these are the the situations you're going to find yourself in. And this is where our guys like to be offensively. This is who's going to cut. This is who's going to spot up. So I thought that went well. But I think the two main improvements for Andre are just understanding the Lakers defensive schemes better. And then also kind of minimizing the mistakes and just sort of the ball stopping offensively. Because when he's isolating and posting up and trying to do these complicated moves or trying to you know think too much he's not that effective right and that's where you've seen some of his turnovers but when he's quick ducking in you know sealing a guy going up quickly drawing a foul attacking the offensive glass finishing in the pick and roll like those are things he can do and and those are i think things that he's better suited to do with what the lakers you know want from him this is from uh at kira g44 would it be better to start wes over schroeder when ad and braun come back no, no, I, I don't think so. I, I think Dennis is one of the team's only offensive creators right now. Um, you know, I, I think I think you, you, you do need to work on some of Dennis's mistakes and, and some of his decision making. And, and that's kind of been an issue all season. I think that's been one of my few knocks on him is, um, you know, just some of his decision making in the pick and roll when he goes downhill, when he's in the paint, just kind of hit his shot pass um, decision making trees is not always the best. And, you know, part of that's because of his size. And, and you know, I think there are just times where he sees a read, he sees a play and he tries to make it, but he just can't because of his size. But, you know, that, that's something that, you know, you look at a guy like a Chris Paul or Jean Rondo, like those guys can make those types of reads. And, you know, they're at a different level or at least, you know, Chris Paul's at a different level, but, you know, Rondo historically is at a different level than Dennis. Um, so you, you don't want to compare him necessarily to, you know, he's not that level of passer and playmaker, um, but I do think like 
it can work for a guy that size, but but he sometimes I think can struggle with some of that um, and be overwhelmed sometimes in the paint. So I would say no, he's still one of the best players, if not their best player right now. Uh, and you know I, I think he he needs to start. I mean he basically demanded to start in training camp, so I don't see the Lakers benching him. Uh, but but I do think you you can maybe restructure his role a little bit or or go through some film and continue to refine it and improve it. Um, and then last two uh, last two questions were, were Gasol Trez related. So um, this one is from Luke Lebsack. Uh, what matchup would you give us a What matchup would give us a Gasol slash Trez lineup? Um, and, and then uh, one from Rob G eighty one. Do you see Vogel ever pairing Gasol and Trez on the second unit? So to answer the second question first, yes, I do see them pairing eventually. Uh, I think right now, you know, Frank is just trying to get Andre some minutes, get him acclimated, keep Trez happy. Um, you know, he's obviously going to be the backup, play more than, than Mark. Uh, so I, I think it, it, it's probably going to be a, more of a matchup thing. Uh, but I, I do think come playoff time, depending on what the Lakers want to do, and I, I think there's going to be a center crunch minutes-wise just because, uh, you know, you're going to have to play 80 at the 5. Like, Anthony Davis has to play 15 to 20 minutes at the 5. So I don't know what they're going to do with those other 28 minutes. I don't know if that goes all to Andre. I don't know if that goes to Andre and then Trez or Mark, depending on the matchup. Um, you know, maybe they, they go to some Mark Trez just to kind of keep everybody happy. But uh, I think, you know, you, you will see some Mark Trez. I, I just don't know when. Uh, as far as, you know, when they make sense, if we're looking, I think they make sense, honestly, against most second units in the regular season. Because, I, I you know, unless it's like a Phoenix who goes small with Dario Saric and, and then spaces you out with just a bunch of shooters and plays five out. I think they can get away against because, you know, most second unit centers are sort of plotting bigs who play 10 to 15 minutes and like Mark can hang with those guys. Mark's better than most of those guys. Um, you know, Mark, if, if Trez wasn't on the team and Mark was the full-time backup, like Mark would be in the conversation for best backup center in the league. Um, and I guess technically he's, he still is, even though he's not playing. But um, I think really looking at like who the Lakers are going to play in the playoffs. Uh, I think the Mark Trez combo could work against Utah, right? Like, you know, Mark, uh, goes up against Derek Favors, uh, Trez. I, I guess it depends who they're slotting at the four, but you know if it's Bogdanovich, like that one gets a little tricky. But I do think you can find a way to hide Trez. Uh, you know, really look at the Clippers. I, I think uh, you can put Gasol on Zubats or Abaka. Abaka is tricky. I actually don't think Gasol should guard Abaka based on what we saw in opening night. He really gave him problems. Uh, but you could put Gasol on uh, on Zubats if Zubats returns to the bench. You could put Trez on, uh, I think, uh, Marcus Morris or, or Nicholas Batum and get away with that. Uh, and then, or, you know, who knows if DeMarcus Cousins is somewhere in this mix. And then I think Phoenix is, is one where I don't think you can get away with it. Uh, you know, they love that Saric at the five lineup. That's one. All right. I don't think it happens. Denver, I think it happens. If, if it's McGee and Millsap or, or Jermichael Green at the four, I think you could do that. If Even if it's Millsap and Green, I think you could do that. Um, you know, like I think if, if Denver's offense devolves into just Jermichael Green and, and Paul Millsap trying to stretch Marcus Sola out, taking a bunch of threes, like if I'm the Lakers, you know, be my guest. Like if that's how you want to try to beat me, beat me that way. So um, I actually think it can work. Uh, and and spe- but specifically against second units, you know, second unit centric lineups, you know, lineups with three or more bench players. I think it's fine now. What you know? What when the the starter that's in is Nikola Jokic or, or Joel Embiid or or one of these elite centers, 
and and then they're trying to you know uh, attack try i mean but that's where mark actually is good defensive so i i i guess it's it's more maybe where, where someone can exploit trez where, where you have a um i don't know maybe it's like Giannis at the four or um i'm trying to think of uh really in the, in, in the west like the, the fours aren't at that level you know if you're looking at phoenix I mean, maybe the clippers go small and go with Kawhi or pg at the four Th- that would be a problem for trez obviously um, I think it's more in the East when, when you go into like Kevin Durant at the four or Giannis at the four. Um, or if, if Miami downsizes and has like Jimmy Butler at the four, like that's where you, you can't play Trez against a starting level four. But for the most part, I think if it's just a shooter, that's like a decent shooter, I, I think you can get away with it. So um, I'm going to wrap the podcast on this though. Um, appreciate you guys listening so much. Uh, thank you as always. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Yovan Buha. That's at J-O-V-A-N. B-U-H-A. If you've not subscribed to this podcast, you can do so on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, The Athletic, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've not subscribed to The Athletic, you can do so by going to theathletic.com or subscribing off of one of my stories. That would help me out. Much appreciated. Uh, But thank you guys. And I'll be back this weekend after the Brooklyn game.